I, I think the important message I want to get out there is do your own due diligence. Don't yeah. just listen to somebody, you know, because they have a nice YouTube video, because they are doing nice tweets. Sit down, look at the projects and then ask yourself, you know, is this something where I think I uh, that solves the problem? Can I imagine this is becoming big? And if the answer to this is, is yes, well, yeah, then you've done 90% of the work already. Hi, and welcome to The Financial Fox, investing and innovation ideas with a twist. I'm your host, Steffi B, and in this episode, I'm joined by Dirk Hartig, professional trader and prime XPT educator to discuss crypto trading. Many of you will be experienced traders. Some are just dipping in and out, while others are taking their first baby steps and have many questions about the best assets and strategies, portfolio management, and more and more. So this interview will mainly cover the basic, but even the most experienced traders can find some valuable insights. Before we go into the episode, remember that I'm not a financial advisor and any content in this video is for informational purposes only. If you are interested in using Prime XBT, the crypto platform that Dirk is using for trading, then go in the description below where you can find all the information and a special 50% bonus on deposits only for Financial Fox viewers. I hope you enjoy the interview. Dirk, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Stefania. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm fine. So I'm quite excited to have uh, this conversation because uh, obviously uh, crypto trading is a very exciting thing for many people. There are, uh, you know, experts, but there are also, um, you know, new traders, people, they do that not on a daily basis. And uh, there are so many questions. This is basically uh, the idea of a Prime XPT Training Academy that we can shed some light on the mysteries of trading. Uh, you know, there is so much information out there. A lot of this information is really wrong when it comes to trading. So really, we are on a mission here to be the, the lighthouse uh, in, in the dark to, to guide people, you know, how can you become either a professional trader or can, how can you, you know, earn some, some extra side income if you're doing a, a normal job nine to five. Well, I'm not sure the nine to five is something that we like to, but, <laughs> you know. I think nobody does. Nobody that gets into exactly. training as a general, you know, everybody always has the dream, of course, to, to break out of this nine to five cage. Exactly. And mainly thanks to trading as well, because then yeah. it escape out. So let's get started. I'm going to ask you the billion dollar question. <laughs> What's your long term views on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies? Well, um, short answer, my, my long term view, especially on Bitcoin, is very, very positive. Uh, that does not count for all the cryptocurrencies out there. And uh, to elaborate a little bit on this, I think we are right now in very, very exciting times. We've entered the last quarter of 2021, and we have a lot of those 
popular and not so popular models out there uh, when it comes to evaluating where, uh, for example, Bitcoin should be in terms of price that are predicting a steep, steep rise for the last quarter of 2021. I'm going to mention now, um, for example, the stock to flow model that predicts like somewhere a price for Bitcoin between uh, 100,000 and 288,000 for the end of 2021. So these are really exciting times. You know, as a trader, you're always looking for somewhat of an asymmetry in the market. So meaning where you, for example, have to risk a certain amount of money, but the potential gain you can get uh, you can get from a train is like a multiple of what you're risking. And I think we are right now living in times of it. So this really makes those times special because if those models or some of those models come true, you know, we've basically found the holy grail of trading, of long-term investments. Uh, this really proves like cryptocurrency is an asset class that is good to have in the long term. It's an asset class that also institutional traders out there, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about pension funds, I'm thinking about investment banks, I'm also thinking about countries uh, are good to have on, on their balance sheet. And, and not to mention, of course, you know, everyday uh, people out there as a protection against uh, a potential inflation that is coming our way. So really, really exciting. I think the the timing for this interview couldn't have been any better. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned about Bitcoin as edge against inflation. We are seeing that Bitcoin is actually performing better than the historical inflation edge, which is gold. So there is some interesting dynamic happening here. So, but the question is... Uh, because trading is a lot about timing, right? And uh, basically what you said is that by the end of 2021, we could see a significant increase in the price mm. of Bitcoin and perhaps Ethereum to follow. So do you think now is still a good time to get into um, trading Bitcoin or is perhaps a time where people should kind of be a little bit more, uh, go a little bit easier? If we talk about trading, we are not uh, usually talking about, you know, I'm going to use 100% of my money to day trade or to do like weekly or even monthly positions. You always should have like uh, a little bit of a scaling process in there. For example, like my personal scaling process where is I have like 75% of my assets locked in, in really long-term positions, like the so-called hodling when it comes to Bitcoin okay. and, and Ethereum, where, where I say like, it doesn't really matter at what time I enter the market. Hotlink uh, has proven in the last 12 years to always be a very, very good and very, very profitable strategy. Then again, I'm using like around about 20% of my assets to, to uh, trade either on, on day trades or try to get uh, into those swings. And by swings, I mean, for example, that I'm expecting, okay, if we really reach 100,000 uh, by somewhere in December 2021, I might consider, and this is based on, on numerous facts out there, for example, on-chain metrics, sentiment, and so on and so forth, to, uh, to either liquidate that position and even go short if I expect we are entering a bear market then already. And maybe I have like five, to a maximum of 10% of my position where I enter in some altcoins where I think that those are very promising projects. I mean, for example, Cardano, Solana, Uniswap, those were really, really projects that 
paid off big time if you invested in those like two or three years ago. Okay, so basically 70, um, 70% is odling uh, assets that you, t- you think long term are yeah. going to gain value, for example, Bitcoin and Ethereum, and then 20% is more like day trading or week trading, <laughs> depending yeah. on what is happening. And then, then like 5 to 10% is kind of like what are the next one, the next big opportunity. Exactly, yeah. Kind of like a fair division. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, absolutely. Yeah, because you know one one rule in trading always is don't bet everything uh, into one direction. Don't like place all your bets onto one horse. If I can, uh, you know, quote something from gambling, maybe there. Uh, I'm not saying, of course, uh, trading has anything to do with gambling, uh, but yeah, you should, you know, always have uh, differentiate between uh, this is my long-term position, you know, I believe like strongly Bitcoin, Ethereum long-term are going to become, for example, something like a global reserve currency or something uh, countries and and large corporations have on their balance sheets as an inflation hedge. Uh, And then, of course, as a trader, I also want to make use of those uh, daily or weekly up and downs. Okay, um, so let's uh, talk a bit about, uh, um, you know, for uh, what I would like basically to cover is uh, what about people they are just getting into crypto trading? Um, should they be looking at investing uh, in some altcoin or should they stick to um, Bitcoin and Ethereum as a good uh, starting mm-hmm. point? I would actually say like, I, it always depends, like, you know, how deep are your pockets for starting, obviously. You know, if you have very deep pockets, nothing wrong about looking at altcoins as well. If you're really interested in the process of trading, and in my opinion, trading is uh, is a business, you know, it's not like, oh, I feel like this is going up and down. It's It's like, it's really a business decision if you enter a trade. Uh, and and you you have to determine where do I take my losses, where do I take my winnings, and so on and so forth. If you're really, really new to trading, I highly recommend to first look at Bitcoin and or Ethereum because you will have a very hard time finding coins and coins in the top 20, maybe top 30 that are moving in a different direction than Bitcoin or Ethereum. Usually they they do to a certain extent uh, copy the direction Bitcoin or Ethereum are are, uh, are moving in. So why not concentrate on what is causing the movement? And as I just said, this is usually Bitcoin or Ethereum. And the longer you look at charts, you become more accustomed. Also, you over time you'll get kind of a feeling like, okay, uh, where's the next move going to? Uh, where are zones of support? Where are zones of resistance? You know, it's it's like when you are playing a sports and you are getting better at it. Like you're playing tennis, for example. At one point, uh, when you're playing tennis, you can kind of anticipate your body already anticipates where's the next ball going. My opponent is is smashing at me, and this is the same with trading. So, so basically, you are saying that charting is very important for trading. Yes, charting, of course, is very important for timing. But don't be mistaken; the fundamental facts are always more important than any any charting. So you can identify support, supports, resistance. You can use Bollinger Bands, RSI, and and whatever you want. If there's like 
you know, something coming out like we saw end of May or in, in August again with Elon Musk tweet, uh, tweeting about uh, Tesla is going to accept Bitcoin or, and then a couple of weeks later, Tesla is not going to accept yeah, Bitcoin well, because it's bad for the environment. Ideally, we shouldn't have, uh, you yeah. know, people like Elon Musk driving the market. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a whole uh, different story, of course. Yeah. But, you know, when any technical analysis you are doing does not count anymore because the market is going to react to this. So you have to have an eye on that as well, okay, as obviously. Well. And be prepared, you know, that you are proven wrong. And being proven wrong in your positioning is just part of the game. Any specifically uh, specific chain on chain analysis or research um, that you are uh, um, following or you are using for your trading? I am uh, very much a fan of Glassnode. So yeah. they have a report coming out once a week, which I'm always looking at. Because uh, just uh, this is something you don't have in traditional assets, actually. And this is, in my opinion, really an advantage of, of trading cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, where that you can get an in-depth view on where did people purchase, who are the ones purchasing at the moment. So there's a difference between our short-term trader, uh, the ones buying or selling at the moment, or are those people, you know, that put those uh, Bitcoin into long deep storage for, for a year plus, which is something we are seeing still right now at the moment. So this really, in my opinion, gives you a three-dimensional view. And this is something I always cover also uh, on our YouTube channel of uh, for the Prime Expertise Academy. So basically, it's get information and understand the market. That's very, very important. Then if you are new, you look at Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah. Um, now, one element that I, uh, one question that I have, uh, considering that you are uh, oddling Bitcoin and Ethereum is, uh, are you keeping them um, on uh, a crypto exchange or you are using platforms such as Blockify or Celsius? Celsius in order to get uh, interest uh, because there is the opportunity mm. to actually get some uh, yield on those assets. Uh, what, what do you do and what do you saying would be uh, the best way to manage uh, mm. those kind of assets? Mm. That's not really, I think, uh, an answer that is like satisfying for everybody out there, in my opinion. Uh, I personally, like I have like a core Bitcoin, Ethereum investment, which I really keep in cold storage. You know, I put those away for the future to one time I when I will go, uh, when I get even older than I'm now right on, uh, uh, where I can live or, or inherit to my kids. So those are kept in cold storage. I'm not going, I'm not staking those or anything. Uh, when there are, uh, there's this part of my midterm trading, of course, I'm like when I'm tra uh, trading midterm, like weeks or months trade, I'm not always invested 100%. I like to scale in and scale out of a market. So I always have a portion uh, which I uh, currently am not investing and these coins I, I scale. And right now I'm actually using Prime XPT for Ethereum and, and Bitcoin because we've just started uh, this staking functionality okay. to gain some interest here. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to maybe share some uh, um, numbers on the interest that people can get from Bitcoin, well, for example, and Ethereum? Yeah, it's 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 between for Bitcoin staking we don't have right now. So at the moment we have Ethereum, US dollar uh, coin, and Tether. 
and uh, it's it's uh, somewhere at the moment the interest rates are going down a little bit so it's around about 1.5 percent uh, but we've seen up to 10 percent in the in the last months where uh, when we prepared to to launch that pro- uh, product so you know it's always a little bit about timing obviously okay. and you can you always can increase your uh, your yield for staking there for example also if you earn uh, if you are holding co-vesting tokens so if you are Using our co-vesting platform, maybe because, you know, you are somebody that is working the whole day, you don't have time to trade, uh, understandably, and you say like, okay, there are other people out there uh, that can do this better than me. Then we have our co-vesting platform, copy trading platform, where you can follow other traders. And uh, if you if you own those co-vesting tokens, you can get a larger share, not only of the profit other traders are making for you, but you'll get up to 100% more yield as well when you're staking tokens. Okay, interesting. Uh, Moving to altcoins, you mentioned Cardano, Solana. So what I would like to ask you is uh, how did you uh, choose them and what makes a good altcoin, a coin, uh, an altcoin, a good project. Yeah. What are you? What are the key elements that you look at when you are deciding? Right, I'm going to mm. choose this altcoin instead of these other ones. Yeah, uh, it has to do something that is not done yet. Uh, that's the simple answer. So let's take an example. Uh, for example, Cardano. Um, I think the the advantage of Cardano over Ethereum and Cardano and Ethereum are very, very closely related. I mean, uh, the founder of Cardano was a founding member, member of Ethereum as well, uh, Charles uh, Hoskins. And But what Cardano does better is uh, it can transact with the update that is coming up to 1 million transactions per second. And this is unheard of in the cryptosphere at the moment. Uh, Ethereum cannot do this. And we all saw with the, NF, uh, with, with the NFT hype, at the moment, how high the gas prices of Ethereum can go. You know, if, if you're trying to mint an NFT <laughs> and suddenly you have to pay like four or $500 of, of gas prices just to mint it, transaction price that is, uh, that's crazy. Uh, so this is something uh, Cardano, for example, uh, solves. Other projects, uh, if we look at something like Polkadot, if you look at something like Uniswaps, you know, they are trying to incorporate really the, the thought of DeFi into our world cross chain swaps so it's easy you know to on on an everyday mission to transact your uh your for example bitcoins to to other currencies uh without going too much trouble and also the thought of DeFi, you know that you can do things with a blockchain and with cryptocurrencies that you currently need a bank for Uh, i think this is really the future and this is the fundamental the, the fundamental idea of cryptocurrencies that you don't need the middleman anymore. So I'm I'm super hyped always about projects like this that okay. solve something like this. I think we mentioned quite a few projects that you know people uh, maybe new to the space uh, can go and check out. We mentioned Cardano, we mentioned Polkadot, we mentioned Solana. Do you have anyone specific uh, for the DeFi space that you think people people perhaps could have a look at? Well, I, I think uh, if, if you start with really something like Polkadot, if you start with something like SushiSwap, uh, you're, you are really good to go already. You know, I, I think the important message I want to get out there is 
do your own due diligence. Don't yeah. just listen to somebody, you know, because they have a nice YouTube video, because they are doing nice tweets. Sit down, look at the projects, and then ask yourself, you know, is this something where I think I uh, that solves the problem? Can I imagine this is becoming big? And if the answer to this is, is yes, well, yeah, then you have done 90% of the work already, you know, and then you are also confident in your investment. Exactly. Right. So um, many traders watching, they are also um, trading the stock market or perhaps they are doing currency trading. So there are some kind of like similarities uh, in trading acro across those different assets. But is there any specific difference that you would say trading in cryptocurrency have compared to trading in the stock market or uh, do currency trading? For yeah. Uh, that for sure is. Uh, that's actually why I started mainly focusing in my, for, uh, especially my day trading activities uh, in cryptocurrencies, because you don't have so much institutional competition out there than you have in stocks and uh, especially in, in Forex. Uh, what do I mean by this? Um, you have uh, Forex, which is the biggest market in the world. You know, if you have like four and a half trillion US dollars that are transacted by every day, you have a lot of algorithms out there that are day trading, so that are really hunting up and down the one-minute, five-minute charts, even the tick charts, uh, to make use of this. And these algorithms can do things that a human brain cannot do. So they'll, uh, they'll analyze the market and execute orders 10,000 times in the time it takes you to, uh, to really do a mouse click. And this is something, at least not to this extent, uh, you do not have in the cryptocurrency market yet. The cryptocurrency market is, yeah, it has a quite high volume uh, already, but it's still a young market. So you don't have so many of those institutional players yet. Uh, by institutional players, I mean, for example, investment banks, hedge funds that have a budget of, of tens or hundreds of millions of dollars that they can invest in IT into developing trading software and developing uh, algorithms every year that, you know, can basically do everything better than a human being uh, can ever do. So, and as a trader, you're always, like I mentioned before, looking for asymmetry. So for deviations between uh, where the market should be and the, where the market currently is. And if I compare my day trading activities, for example, in Bitcoin to uh, what I do in Euro US dollar, I find like those deviations, like maybe four or five times a day in Bitcoin for my trading strategies. If I'm lucky, I find those like four or five times a week in Euro dollar. So less competition when it comes to day trading, at least. I'm not talking about long-term investing now, that's a whole different thing uh, than we have currently in stocks and Forex. So, for example, also in the stock market, uh, you have like over 90% of the daily volume done by algorithms nowadays. Yeah. nowadays. And if you want to day trade this, you really have to sit down, ask yourself the questions, what can I do better than like a hedge fund that has a budget of a couple of hundred millions US dollars per year when yeah. it comes to day trading? Exactly. And sometimes it's really to spot the gems uh, that is quite difficult to find as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned about strategy. Give us some tips for somebody that wants to start trading. 
Mm. Well, um, my biggest tip is, uh, or my, uh, of course, there are a number of tips I could give you, but maybe the top three tips I can give you are don't get over emotional. So the, the one thing that differentiates a professional trader or a trader that is somewhere sitting at a hedge fund or bank from you is not really technology. Uh, it's emotions. Those professional traders, they usually have a game plan, meaning they say, uh, they say something like, okay, I'm going to buy Bitcoin now because of whatever reasons, maybe an indicator, maybe some fundamental facts. It doesn't really matter. Uh, when am I proven wrong? I'm going to exit the trade uh, at this price because that means I'm proven wrong. And yeah. I'm going to take my profit at this price, uh, which usually is at least two times higher than my stop loss, by the way, to put the math in my favor, uh, the risk reward ratio. Uh, so this is one difference. Usually as a new trader, you will be emotionally attached very much to your positioning. Meaning like if a positioning goes against you, you'll you will become sad. Maybe you will become depressed. Maybe you'll get some ideas like, oh, I'm going to buy now again to bring down my, my average buy price and so on and so forth. And this always leads, uh, at least in the long run, to you crashing your account. So this is the first. You have a game plan. You're not emotionally attached. It's very normal to be wrong on the market. I'm wrong several times a week. Uh, the difference is I try not to be so emotionally attached to my, I try not to take it personally if I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong five times in a row, I still have enough money, you know, to continue investing. I'm not going to have my account broke, uh, which leads me to the, uh, another point in that is leverage. Just because, uh, you know, your broker offers, for example, leverage of one to 100 and Prime XPT does this, it does not necessarily mean that you have to use it. Leverage is for giving you flexibility in your risk management. Um, but especially if you're beginning, try not to use more than one to five or one to 10 in leverage. Uh, because, you know, if you, if you use really one to 100 in leverage, your position just needs to go 1% against you and then your money is lost yeah. uh, and you'll be set. And uh, so nobody out there in the institutional sphere would do that. Uh, keep in mind that if we scroll back to 2008, we look at Lehman Brothers, uh, maybe uh, the older viewers are still remembering this. Lehman Brothers had a leverage of 1 to 20 and went bankrupt yeah. Yeah? And, and caused the financial crisis, by the way, in 2008 because of a bankruptcy. And so over leveraging definitely is like one of those things you, you really, really want to avoid. Third tip is do not start with one minute or five minute charts. One minute and five minute charts are really like the, 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 the masterclass of trading, I would say. Like when you've learned everything there is to learn about trading, you can start day trading one minute and five minute chart if you really have the time also to sit down and trade those charts. So if you really have the time to sit down eight to 14 hours a day and watch those charts, this is not something you can do in between. So when you're working in the office to check your, your mobile, check the five-minute chart, oh, should I enter exit now? This usually is not going to work out uh, uh, because uh, you are only seeing a small fraction of the whole information that is out there at the moment. So start with daily charts. A good way to start always is 
sit down in the morning, for example, look at the daily chart or weekly chart of Ethereum, Bitcoin, maybe Cardano, and then decide for yourself, hey, is it going up today? Is it going down? Place your orders, place your take profit, place your stock loss, close your laptop or close your app, go to work, and in the evening, you check again. Uh, was my was my trade executed? Was my stop loss hit? Was my take profit hit? And then you work yourself upwards from there. Okay, what are the typical uh, mistakes that beginners make um, mm-hmm. that you see is that they are happening over and over again? Yeah, well, uh, as I just said, uh, being over emotional, yeah. uh, that is, in my opinion, really the biggest mistake, over leveraging. And then uh, something I like to call in, uh, I like to call the quick fix. Uh, by that, I mean, if you have a position and that position goes just a little bit into the green zone for you, you close the position because, uh, you know, that gives you an adrenaline rush, makes you feel good, you know, and uh, this is the risk reward ratio. So meaning like you close very small winning positions, but your losing positions, you let run against you for, for a, a big time. And for example, I'll make an example. If you If you always close a position $100 in profit, but you're losing positions you let run against you for $5,000, you have a risk reward ratio of one to 50. That translates into that you need to be correct 98% of the time just to break even, just not to lose money. And now be in mind like a professional trader, if if he's really, really good, and I'm talking about uh, like a, a statistical metric of 1,000 plus trades now. Uh, it's going to be maybe uh, correct like 58 to 60% of the time. So in order to get there, you need to choose your trades more wisely. For example, you have a stop loss at $100, but you want to earn $200 with a trade. That puts you in the position that you only need to be correct 33% of the time just to break even. So you have a higher chance than a coin flip already. Uh, You put really the math on your side. And this is really, really, I get it difficult to, you know, to execute. But this is what makes you uh, successful in the the long term. And I I always have people asking me like, uh, or or telling me like, yeah, but you know, I'm like 90% correct of the time with my trades. So what could happen to me? But again, if you look at a thousand trades, uh, the likelihood, even if you're 90% of the time correct, of you having a series of eight, 10 or 15 trades in a row being wrong is almost 100%. So you better be prepared for that. How important are stop losses? Because some people don't really use them, particularly in uh, with stock and shares, you know, where you should also have stop losses. Yeah. Yeah, you always need to have a stop loss. It's it's just like this because, um, and I mean, I get that uh, some people don't like them because somehow, you know, when you have uh, only one time being knocked out at a stop loss, and then this is exactly the point where the market turns again into your uh, into the direction of your position, you feel like you have been cheated. Yeah. And, and, and the human mind is very, very good in, kind of focusing on things like this, but blending everything out. That's why I say always, you have to concentrate on what is happening uh, with 1,000 trades, not like with the last three or five or even just the last trade. Um, So, and especially in Bitcoin, it's very, very important to have a stop loss because Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general are an asset 
you know, where the next Black Swan event uh, is just around the corner and uh, where, where the market just suddenly goes down 10%. We just had this last night uh, at, at one exchange in Korea where suddenly the market moved down within a minute uh, by 10% and then up again. And you have to be prepared of this. Of course, sometimes as it can be then that you are unlucky stopped out, but in the long term, it's going to uh, be good for your account because if you don't have a stop loss, it's just a matter of time until one of those black swan events is going to wipe out your account. And there's nothing more for us. I mean, let me really tell this. I've, I've been, when I started trading multiple times in the position, you know, where I slowly built up my account and then within in just a day or even a couple of hours, my account was totally destroyed because I made those beginners mistakes. And, and Dirk, uh, in terms of stop losses, uh, do you set them like... 10, 15% uh, below, how, what are your para the parameters that you are using? Depends on how much you want to risk, uh, on your personal risk appetite. So if you are, for example, uh, more conservative and you say like, oh, okay, I, I, I only want to risk 1% of my account balance uh, per trade, well, then you have to... It, before you enter the position, you have to make out like, okay, where would I exit the position and then calculate this, translate this into what is that distance into 1% of my account balance. Uh, there is no, no real, like a universally correct answer to how far away you should set your stop loss. It's highly, highly dependent on, first of all, the time frame you are, you're trading. Of course, if you're on the shorter timeframes, if you are looking at 30-minute charts, uh, your stop loss is probably going to be not as far as way as uh, as when you are trading monthly charts. You probably won't care if if, if Bitcoin or, or whatever asset you are trading is going down by five percent or going up by five percent. Uh, if you're trading from a monthly chart, if you're trading from a 30-minute chart, well, that is probably already very significant. So really, and, and this is also one fundamental, I can only advise everybody out there to, to choose for themselves first, to sit down and really think hard about what type of risk taker am I? Yeah. Am I getting nervous? You know, when, when the market moves just slightly against me, am I getting the sweat already here or don't I care? I think another th important thing is uh, always uh, be cautious of what is happening on social media, because particularly with cryptocurrencies, you see some token being or some old coin, they mm. just going to be promoted too heavily. And, yeah. and this is where maybe the majority of people is going to start to learn about, um, you know, that kind of token. And then everybody buys that where it's actually the top and you see people selling, yeah. selling out. So it's, it's very, um, the social media has become kind of like a tricky platform uh, and the place where there are many um, pump and dumps if that yeah. is the best way to use. That is, that is why it's so important that you need to do your own due diligence, yeah. you know, and sit down and really think hard, am I going to invest now in this coin because, you know, some popular YouTuber out there or some popular person on Twitter chilled it ask yourself, okay, why is that person doing that maybe? Okay. And uh, is, is that because really it's a good project and maybe be, uh, because he or she is uh, invested in that project uh, themselves? 
And uh, and I mean, there's nothing against like if you use like five or ten percent of your your available capital to try to jump on those coins because the reward, of course, can be significant. Okay, listen. Let's talk a bit about the challenges that uh, we are going to see. For instance, mm. for Bitcoin coming forward, or even Ethereum. We know the Ethereum, uh, um, you know, version two is coming out, and uh, you know we don't know what is going to happen. Then, um, do you want to maybe break down on the challenges that you see for the next mm. years for Bitcoin and for Ethereum as well? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about Bitcoin now, but uh, everything I say is also true for Ethereum, so okay. for cryptocurrencies in general. And I think the main challenge is now that we are starting to really challenge the traditional financial systems. So uh, cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, are on the radar now of central banks. So uh, two things can happen from from this point onwards, in my opinion, you can see a reaction like we saw in China, forbidding everything uh, cryptocurrency related, not just only mining, but owning cryptocurrencies, trading cryptocurrencies, and so on and so forth. Uh, maybe because the country wants to promote their own uh, central bank issued uh, digital currency, uh, which is the case in China, in my opinion. Or you're going to see countries embracing uh, cryptocurrencies and maybe even adding them to the balance sheet. Something like we are seeing, uh, we have seen uh, with El Salvador. I mean, being a very small country, obviously, uh, now, but, you know, can also be that we see this uh, within the next four years from bigger countries. Uh, maybe some European, maybe some uh, South or North American countries, maybe somebody in Asia uh, using that, maybe not as a legal tender, but in the balance sheet as an infl in, uh, inflation protection. And uh, this is not going to be an easy fight. So I think be prepared for something like that at one point, um, the countries that have the bigger currencies, I'm thinking about the USA, I'm thinking about Europe, Great Britain, Japan, uh, and so on and so forth, Australia potentially, are going to make it difficult for you to own cryptocurrencies. And they can do so very easy. They can, for example, not yeah. only forbid it, but they could say like, okay, it's allowed for you, but for uh, every transaction, you have to pay 30% of a tax. Yeah. You know, it, it, they don't be mistaken. You know, I'm very, very much into uh, this whole cryptocurrency revolution as well. And long term, it's going to uh, succeed, in my opinion. But short term, there will be struggles. No central bank, no country is going to go, going to give up their uh, monetary uh, currencies sovereignty uh, because, you know, there's some algorithm uh, that was invented by somebody that nobody knows who that was. And, but nonetheless, uh, I, I think we've gone too far down the road already uh, that this whole cryptocurrency experiment is going to fail. So long-term, I'm a very strong believer that Bitcoin is going to become the world uh, reserve currency. Okay, well, uh, we are definitely on... Uh 
on a good track and considering yeah. what is happening with the money printing, I mean, oh, yeah. there is not much else to add. Listen, finally, to wrap up, uh, I just wanted you maybe to walk through what, um, you know, anybody that is interested in getting into crypto trading, what should expect, for instance, what does a typical day of a professional trader look like? Mm -hmm. And perhaps uh, um, also let's uh, uh, go back Back to some of the most uh, profitable strategies that you are using uh, to share again with the viewers so then they can perhaps put them at the top of their agenda um, as they are getting into crypto trading or mm. they are reassessing their crypto trading strategy. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. So, I mean, a professional trader, in my opinion, is a little bit like a professional athlete. I mean, if you look at me, you, I, I don't want to compare myself to an athlete. I eat too much for that. And uh, but you know, you have like one thing you see, for example, uh, with with almost every professional athlete there, uh, with a golf player, with a tennis player, with a 100 meter sprinter, they always have like their uh, their routine they go through before competing. Like, especially with, with golf players, you see that, you know, they wiggle back and forth, uh, do their thing. If somebody uh, is, is like yelling at them at that moment, they will break their routine, start over again, because they want to make every shot as repeatable as, as possible. So they know like, okay, if I hit this, this uh, club, uh, this is going to happen. And this is exactly the effect you want with trading. So what I do is really, I try Mondays to Fridays, at least I keep the weekend for my family uh, to, to have my mornings always the same, meaning like I come into my office, I usually prepare my coffee, I, I log into my trading accounts, I, uh, I bring up my charts, I go through the news, I look at the sentiment. So, you know, I do every morning the same routine uh, because by the end of the day, I hope by that the result I get from this is always going to be the same and not talking about the result is going, I'm going to buy or going to sell, uh, but the effect on my mind is going to be the same. It sounds a bit philosophical, I know. Um, so this is one so thing I do. Discipline first. Discipline. Discip yeah, it's, it's discipline. That's the German talking out of me, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's it's not a German thing. I think this is really something shared worldwide by people that are just extremely good at uh, at what they are doing, uh, no matter what the profession is. And um, most profitable training strategies, in my opinion, are if you are somebody that really does not have any time. Maybe you you have to work like crazy every day, uh, and that you really do not have time to to think about day trading. Maybe not even to think about middle term trading. Well, then buy a little bit of Bitcoin or Ethereum every month. Doesn't really matter at what time of a month you do that. The dollar uh, so, cost averaging. Yeah, exactly. Uh, DCAing. Uh, this is a super, super good strategy uh, to build up really a fortune over the uh, course of time. And don't, you know, like look every day at where the price is. Just don't care. Do that every month. Do that every week. However, uh, whatever, you know, the time frame is where you have some money uh, spared uh, and then five days, uh, five years down the road, look at uh, what has happened to your, uh, to your net worth. And so this is an extremely good strategy. If you are somebody uh, that has a little bit more time on your hands, do two things. Look at the sentiment every day 
And you can do so by looking at the fear and greed index if you want to trade cryptocurrencies. Uh, fear and greed index you'll find on, on Twitter. It's published every day, oscillates between zero and 100. At the moment, for example, we are somewhere in the 70s, uh, means the market is in a greed area. And whenever we go in extreme greed, become a little bit cautious, like the market could turn around. Likewise, if we are in a sentiment that is uh, with extreme fear, become cautious because the market could turn to the, uh, to the upside. And then in your daily activities, follow that sentiment. Meaning, if we are in a sentiment of greed, try to only choose long trades. Follow the trend. Uh, do not try to, to uh, stand against the trend there. And you can find out how the trend is with the sentiment, fear and greed index that is called, plus, for example, using move and average, plus using something like a Bollinger Band. Secret strategy I super much like, uh, it's very easy to use, is if you are using Bollinger Band, whenever the Bollinger Bands are contracting on the daily chart, it's just a matter of time until we have a large breakout to the south, yeah. uh, to the south or to the north, and you can play with super super good. Uh, you don't even need to decide on which side of a trade you are. You can uh, play stop buy or stop sell orders to enter the market when it goes with enough momentum down or enough momentum up. This is a strategy. Okay, that might be a bit counterintuitive, but almost always works. Okay, listen, finally, for anybody that is interested to know more about your strategy or want to get more information mm -hmm. uh, from uh, the courses, uh, the masterclass that you're doing uh, um, with uh, Prime XPT, or they just want to get in touch with you, where should they go? Yeah, come to, to our YouTube channel. And I think you'll find the link here uh, below. And, uh, and we have new videos with me talking about the markets really Mondays to Fridays every day. Uh, I'm really, really trying very hard to always, you know, keep up with the latest transfer. And uh, you can also please uh, come to our Twitter uh, to, to, to see what we are posting there on cryptocurrencies. Uh, if you are on those tools, I think you're really already prepared. Okay, Dirk, thank you so much for your time and for this amazing insight. And I think we cover a lot of things that can be very useful for you know, new traders, but also for some expert traders that need uh, maybe to reassess mm. some of um, you know, the, the, the way they are, they are performing their trades. And sometimes uh, I think it's very important, even if you are doing, been doing trade for some time, to just kind of stop, look, uh, look from outside and say, I'm doing the right things. I'm going to get too emotional. I'm just uh, going too much into something where I should be more clinical. Uh, it's always good to reassess your position yeah. and yourself uh, uh, regularly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think you perfectly summarized everything I was saying here. And yeah, thank you always for uh, also for having me here. And uh, looking forward to, to seeing your viewers uh, on our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, please feel free to get in touch with us. Mm -hmm.